Folks, welcome back to the Hustle and Holmes podcast. I am joined in the studio today by a very special guest, Jonathan Cameron of Cameron Home Inspections. That's me. And we're going to talk about probably one of the most integral parts of a real estate transaction, in my opinion. This is where a lot of things can come to light. They can go wrong. They can be resolved. A lot of a lot of decision-making around this single step that is incorporated into into the real estate transaction. And yeah, without further ado, John, please yeah, give thanks. us a little introduction. Thanks Tell us about your, yeah. absolutely. So started home inspecting uh, out of state. My wife and I moved here a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, recently reopened for business um, around the new year. So things are really picking up, which good problem to have. Yeah. Um, but been inspecting for, oh, five or six years now. Um, I got my start working with investors right? Guys that were buying large portfolios of what you would call a very rough fixer-upper type of thing. Right. And they wanted to know, hey, give me the nuts and bolts. What do I need to do to bring this house up to a, a safe and market standard? Mm-hmm. So kind of where I got my start. And that just snowballed from there, you know, working with investors on their properties. And then that investor was like, hey, you know, my brother's buying a house. You think you could do an inspection for him? And that's how I kind of got my start in the, the retail side of it. Okay. Yeah. Right on. So I'm an ASHI member, American Society of Home Inspectors. Okay. Um, background verified. That's one of the things that comes with that. So what does that mean, background verified? So they, they do a verification, just a background check. So okay. you are who you say you are. You know, you don't have any bad stuff on your record kind of a thing. So right. just your standard background check that you might have for employment somewhere or something like that. Okay. Um, but it is a nice thing to be able to say that, you know, this is who I am and I'm coming in your house as a stranger, but you, you know I'm all right. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely good. Yep. Have a little, yeah, backup information yep. for for everybody. And um, okay, so you got you start doing that. Mm-hmm. And when when did you come to the, to the bitter? Uh, about two two and a half years ago. Okay, yeah, but that whole time was spent working on our own our own projects. Right. Okay. Fixing up a house, and that that took all all of the all of what we had. So um, it's home now. It's awesome, but. There was no time to get back into inspections because right. you know, had to get the house done before the snow flies, kind of a thing. So now you're, but now you're back into it. You're back in the full swing of things. Yes. I see you're, you're always posting stuff on on social media. Yep. You seem to be, yeah. You jumped right back into it, and things are, things are pretty busy still, huh? Yeah, yeah, they are busy. So um, made a really concerted concerted effort to meet with you know realtors in the area. Yeah, um, Missoula, Rivoli County. It's kind of my service area. Yeah, that's how we met. You, exactly. you hit me up on Instagram, yep. sent me a so. message, and we met for a coffee. Yep. And yep. Yeah, got to know the business and Try a little to go bit where, about you. Where and the agents are, and Instagram happens to be a place where a lot of agents are very active. True. You in particular. You know, I saw this podcast series, so I thought it was pretty unique because you don't see that very often. Yeah. You know, it's usually this is here's the market update, here's sure. this, here's, which is all important, but if everybody's doing that, it's, it's kind of nice to. Yeah, you got to try to find a way to break through the noise, right? Yeah, you know? Exactly. And, and yeah, what better way to bring other members of the community to, to spotlight as well as right. doing something like this. Right, right. Because that's kind of, that was, that's really the major goal with this is like, yeah, I get, I get the opportunity to post things from this, but I also, I, I really want it to be something that focuses on, you know, what else is going on in the community? What, what people are, you know, focus on the people that are doing these projects or Absolutely. have this small business and kind of make it a little more personal, right? Rather yeah. than just, you know, like, oh yeah, that's, that's Jonathan Cameron from Jonathan from Cameron Home Inspections. And right. that's, that's what he is. He's a home inspector. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a human too. You do a lot, a lot more than that. A lot more to it than just a business. 
Yes, exactly. Know, yeah. Knowing people, serving people, helping people. That, that's what I really like about doing what I do. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, it's not just looking at a house and here's, you know, 17 things that are wrong or, or whatever the case may be. You know, yeah. Being able to instruct, to teach, mm -hmm. that's, that's part of what I really like to do and strive for is that inspection report is, it's an educational tool. It's not just a report for a transaction, but, you know, in, a good example is um, a maintenance inspection. The person's not selling their house. They don't intend to. True. But they still want a good unbiased, you know, here's, here's the condition of the house. And yeah. So, here's the things that need to be fixed yeah, and exactly. so, things you need to look out for yeah. and so forth. So I, I really enjoy the teaching aspect. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, you know, not, and no two clients are the same, you no. know, but inspecting for a first time home buyer versus inspecting for, uh, a general contractor, two completely different, um, ways to present that information. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah I believe that. Yeah. So from, from my experience with home inspections, basically what for, for anybody who hasn't purchased real estate yet mm -hmm. um, or sold real estate yet, when you get to that process of, you know, you get the, the property under contract, there's a contingency in the buy sell for an inspection. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things that come with that, not just to do with the actual condition of the home itself, but that is an integral part of it. And so from, from our side of things, what I, Basically, what I see is, you know, if I'm representing the buyer, we find a home inspector they want to work with. Mm -hmm. We schedule that. They come in. I get the report. And, well, they get the report, and we go over it together. Mm -hmm. And then we'll uh, write up uh, the inspector uh, um, inspection notice. Mm -hmm. And that has a list of items that have been discovered that we don't approve of. And then it'll have the remedy for those. And either it's, you know, we ask the seller to fix that sort of thing. Or we uh, ask for uh, some amount of money to be credited mm -hmm. to the sale. And that's more or less it. So we basically just see the end result. Yep. Tell me a little bit about the, the, the process that you go through. Sure. So the, the process for any home inspection, at least from my perspective, is the same. And what I mean by that is I've inspected um, mobile homes. I've inspected multi-million dollar luxury homes. I've inspected... The oldest house I inspected was 138 years old, and the newest was built in 2023. So my, my inspection is geared towards safety and functionality, mm -hmm. right? Um, some people get spun up on code compliance, and that's uh, it's tricky to say that, hey, this house isn't built to code when it's 100 years old because yeah. codes always change. They change every couple of years. They get updated. So safety and functionality, those are my two questions I ask for every component of a house. Does it work? And more importantly, is it safe? Right? If I can say yes to both of those, that's good. Mm -hmm. Right? But um, you do have to look at houses considering their age and when they were built because construction practices have changed. Oh, so yes. You do have to kind of tailor it to the age of the house. But in terms of my process, it's the same for every single house. Okay. S safety, functionality. Um, but every major system and component of the house is, is looked at. And it's a visual inspection, right? So it's technically a limited visual inspection of permanently installed systems and components. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the verbiage, right? So that's everything from the roof to the foundation, um, the structure of the house itself, and then your furnace, your air conditioner, plumbing system, um, everything that's in that house that's permanent gets looked at. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that, uh, making comments on code in especially in this area yeah can be 
a pretty big pitfall. It, absolutely, and that's why I avoid the C word. Yeah. Because I am not a licensed code inspector. Now, do I know about code? Yes. Do I study it extensively? Yes. Because I, I want to have that knowledge yeah. and be able to differentiate things from, from others, right? But I'm not a licensed code inspector, so I don't comment on code. It's probably a smart thing to do. Yeah. Because if, you know, you comment on code for the electrical panel, but you don't comment on code for the stair riser height. Yeah. You know, I mean, you go down the rabbit hole of things, but every aspect of residential construction follows some form of code, whether it's electrical code or the plumbing code or the yep. IRC. Um, all these codes, they, they are updated constantly and you need to stay on top of them just for your own knowledge, right? You need right, to yeah. understand what's what. But in terms of commenting on them, generally code inspections are left up to a licensed code inspector, usually at the municipality, you know, the city or the county, whoever whoever runs it. Yeah, and that generally <laughs> falls under like new construction or mm -hmm. if you're doing a, a massive renovation yes. in the home and that sort of thing. Correct. Um, you know, but if it's, yeah, like you said, if it's if it, if it functions and it's safe, mm -hmm. then then it should be mm -hmm. okay. I mean, yeah, you run into that a lot. So we do, yeah. the way that I got started in real estate was um, helping my family with flipping. Mm -hmm. And so we've... Ooh, the F word. Yeah. Flippers. <laughs> but I, I mean, our goal, you know, is to take, take, we find homes that you wouldn't normally be able to get financing on. Right. Bring it up to a financeable... Um, kind of a standard. Level, yeah, yeah. standard. Mm -hmm. So a, a bank would be willing to loan on it. You can get FHA, you know, this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, because otherwise it's really just a cash deal because there's something wrong with, right. you know, something wrong with the plumbing or something wrong with the well or whatnot, mm -hmm. right? And so that's how that's how we got started. And so we've run into that quite a bit where, mm -hmm. you know, someone will, a prospective buyer would get a little, you know, worked up about something being mm -hmm. not up to code. And it's like, well, this house was built in 1975, it was up to code then. It still right. functions. Right. And you'd open up a whole can of worms if you tried to mm -hmm. repair it at this point in time. Right. You know, it's, so it's just not practical. Yeah. At that point, you tear it down and build a new one to code. Yeah. You know, if that, yeah, that's the, the route that you wanted to go. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I give you a hard time about the F word flipping. Oh, no. It I, gets. I did that for a number of years. Yeah. Um, out of state. It was in St. Louis. Um, but that was. It's kind of a, a joke within the community. Oh, for sure. Home inspectors, oh, we're going into a flipped house, you know. But there's different levels of people who renovate properties. There's people that do it really well, and there's people that watched HGTV once yep. and think they're going to make a quick buck. Oh, I've seen some. I've yeah. seen some wild things out there, and yeah, that, yeah just uh, just totally outrageous properties being. Yeah. You know, this home that's been renovated, this hundred year old home that's been renovated to look like this modern thing in mm -hmm. this in that totally stands out from everything else around it, right? It's it's completely non-conforming at that right. point. Even if there are no, like, HOA regulations on it, right. it still doesn't conform to the neighborhood in a way, and it's just, like, this eyesore. <laughs> like, I've seen all sorts of all sorts of things just from the visual aspect, and then, yeah, I can only imagine where people get in there, and yeah. they have this idea that, oh, I can just do everything myself, and mm -hmm. we'll fix it, and it ends up becoming what we termed here um, as a Bitterroot Special. Oh, okay. I'm sure you've seen many of those. Yep. Of, Better or special, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yep. I mean, I can understand back in the day, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, mm -hmm. you did what you could with what you had mm -hmm. where you're at. And we might not have had the best availability for 
material or even, you know, code mm-hmm. knowledge. So yeah, you walk into some scenarios, you're like, right. what <laughs> on earth what is going on here? <laughs> right. But I, I've worked on some very rough, um, distressed properties, we'll call them. And there's always stuff that you're not anticipating. Yeah. Um, as soon as you open up a wall or a ceiling or something, you always find stuff. Always. You know, so. Not not usually anything good. We haven't found anything uh, right. rewarding yet when We've we started. have still been doing... looking for a, a, a wall full of like Al Capone's cash yeah, or something. Yeah, like bear bonds and yeah. gold and that kind of stuff. I'm I mean, that, yeah. that's the dream, right? Like yeah. get one of these old houses yeah. and you find the walls are insulated with money. Yep. I have found some cool old newspapers. Oh, um, yeah. This one was from the early 40s, World War II era. Oh, right on. And it was just jammed up and kind of as insulation. We took down the ceiling, and um, there it was. And I'm, I'm reading this article about World War II in, in very um, typical terms, we'll call it, for news articles back then. But cool stuff like that. Yeah, a little but, bit of history. But never anything awesome and valuable yet. Not yet. We're still hoping. Yeah. One of these times it's going to happen. Yep. Um, you sent, so after we spoke last time, mm-hmm. you sent me a link to going over your, the, uh, the program that you use, mm-hmm. uh, for the home inspections. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and that's a little bit different than oh, the way a lot of people do it, where they just send you the home inspection and you're mm-hmm. like, here you go, figure it out yourself. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. About that program. So I use Spectora software. It's one of the many reporting softwares that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, I landed on that one after trying a number of other ones because it, it gave me the best, cleanest, most user-friendly finished product. Okay. Because ultimately, if you hire me to do an inspection, you're, you're hiring me for that report. You know, what's on paper or, you know, in your email in this case. You can print it if you want, but we, we don't really do that anymore. Um, but that's why I chose Spectora because it is the the best in my opinion, easiest for me to use, easiest for me to customize and the nicest for my client to go through. And I, I get the feedback all the time, Re- inspection report, super easy to understand, mm-hmm. um, very concise, you know, easy to follow, whatever the case may be. I, I hear it a lot. So, so long as I keep hearing that, I'll keep using Spectora. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but it also has a really cool feature. The one I sent you the video on, um, and it's a re- repair request builder. So basically, all of the the issues we find in the house, you as the agent or the client can actually click that repair request builder option, mm-hmm. and it, it pulls automatically all of those um, issues that we found into one page, and then you can assign custom text to them, a dollar amount like you were talking about if yeah. you're negotiating a price on that or if you're negotiating a repair. So it pulls them from the report, keeps them in order. It pulls the original verbiage from the report, and it spits it out in a nice one-page PDF, you know, with the total dollar amount or custom comments, whatever you see fit. Awesome. But you can go through. My inspections are thorough. I mean, I, I take my time. I'm not the in-and-out-in-an-hour guy. Um, but, you know, if there's 150, 200 photos in that report and – we've inspected 75 different items and we found 15 of them rather than you having to go through the report for every one mm-hmm. you can create that repair request in two to three minutes just select yeah you just select yep. it and brings it all into one page and yep. then you can yep. copy so, and paste it or yeah or whatever and so that's pretty valuable for agents who are negotiating oh, saves, saves a ton of time yeah. yeah rather than hand jamming it all yourself yeah and copy paste copy paste yeah and it makes it it makes it um 
much more efficient too, not just for time, but also you get you keep the language yes. that's used in the report yes. verbatim rather than you know having to go back and type it or right. or that sort of thing, and it keeps it keeps it consistent, which is a yeah. a big deal as well. Yep, and it's all nice and color coded too. So, well, who doesn't love yeah. that? People love colors. We see colors and we we know what. Okay, blue. Okay, that means that orange. That's a little more severe. Red. Uh oh, you know. Yep. So it's it's nice in that that regard as well. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, what else? What 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 sort of things come from a? What comes in a home? What 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 aspects of a home inspection? Do you think are less known about to the general public? So we kind of have the idea, you know, you come in, you look at stuff. Yeah. But what what sort of things tend to stand out more of like overlooked areas that mm. people don't generally think about? Well, I think when someone looks at a house, there's a emotional attachment many, mm -hmm. many times. And um, I've been at inspections before, clients are there and I'm doing my thing and they're talking about the paint color, you know, that they, they want to paint it, which is a very appropriate thing to be thinking about. Sure. But they're, they're looking at cosmetic things, um, how the house is going to work for them and their family. Um, maybe not as much the, the technical aspects of it. Right. You know, uh, one example I would say of something that comes up frequently is um, vapor barriers mm -hmm. and crawl spaces. You know, that's that, that line of defense against both moisture from the soil um, as well as radon, right? Radon yep. gas pretty prevalent here in Montana. Something about the Rocky Mountains out here. We have a lot of it. We do. And um, can't see it, can't smell it, can't taste it. Don't know it's there, but it's the second leading cause of lung cancer-related deaths in the United States um, behind smoking. So um, things like that, that out of sight and out of mind. Um, attics is another thing. I mean, you don't generally go up in your attic unless it's a finished space. And it's just, oh, there's a hatch up there. Yeah, there's an attic. But yeah, how's the ventilation in that attic? You know, I did an inspection a couple weeks ago, and it was really cold. And there was... It was an older house, and mm -hmm. again, building practices have changed significantly. House was from the 60s, I think, maybe 70s, um, but there wasn't adequate uh, ventilation or insulation, so all that heat was escaping into the attic and then condensing and freezing, and 100% of the attic structure was covered. It looked like a snow globe up there. Oh, I saw this post. And, yeah, that was wild. Yeah, and that, that stuff will eventually melt and drip, and you'll get water problems. Yep. There, there was... I'll call it organic growth um, present, but that's another consideration. Can't call it mold technically because I didn't do a test on it. But right. it, if it looks like a duck and sounds like a duck, you know. Usually, it's a goose. It's a goose, yeah. right? But organic growth, you know what it looks like when it's covering a wooden surface. And, and that was a, a ventilation problem. Again, you, yeah. can't, you can't really see it or maybe you're not thinking about it. But, you know, things like that that are either harder to access, they're kind of out of sight and out of mind, those oftentimes um, are good instructional areas, you know, to, to find these kind of conditions that need to be addressed or, you know, vapor barrier as that example, you know, those didn't exist back in the day. They're yeah. very common now, you know, they're going to be in your newer houses, but, um, you know, older houses oftentimes don't have them and we, we, we see kind of the second and third order effects right. from right. that. Right, yeah. Yeah. Are there any things that you see often, I don't, I'm not sure regularly, but often enough where it's something that the homeowner 
themselves could mitigate or fix or or keep a, a prevention on something that yeah is kind of common yeah one of them that comes to mind and it it seems so simple but um gutters if gutters okay. oftentimes they're just not present like they just aren't there yeah you know and that's that's that first line of defense to get the bulk water off the roof and away from the foundation water is detrimental to houses yes um, in any form whether it's solid or vapor or whatever um liquid i guess water bulk water but gutters being absent altogether um is a thing i see quite a bit or the gutters are there but they are um full of stuff you know pine needles and debris granules from the the roof material itself as it as it kind of falls off it ends up in those gutters and that can cause them to clog so gutter maintenance is one that seems kind of benign but it's one that i i notice quite a bit just making sure those are clear you know before before the rainy season gets here yeah, yeah the the two weeks of rain that we usually yeah, get <laughs> exactly but it, com- it comes down it hard. does oh it does yeah. yeah um another kind of silly one but uh the filters for the air handler you know right making sure those filters are replaced um i was just at one earlier today before i came here and i uh, pulled the filter out and it just dust just i mean it was probably hasn't been changed in years i would say and really should be every one to three months on that mm-hmm. so that's a really simple one that oftentimes out of sight and out of mind um you know other basic maintenance things um you know sealant caulking around windows and doors and exterior areas right that stuff has a lifespan and it gets beat up by the elements here mm-hmm. and it, it will degrade um and that's that's a pretty easy fix it can save you some serious headaches down the road um, and it's a pretty easy DIY project to, you know, yeah. touch that up. Yeah. Um, same thing with painting. Exterior paint is kind of what I'm thinking, but um, getting that stuff touched up or repainted as necessary because it, you know, it gets it gets beat up and has a lifespan. Every every part of a house has a lifespan. Yeah, it's true. Um, but in terms of a lot of the other things we we find and look for, you know, electrical issues. Those generally best suited for an electrician to address because you know there's a danger level there oh yeah a safety level there um same with complex systems you know a a furnace replacement air conditioner those generally aren't diy projects um it's not saying that people don't diy them or don't know how to um but those more technical things i would i would definitely refer yeah like on average yeah 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 so it's more mostly like deferred maintenance kind of stuff that's a big a big thing okay deferred maintenance yeah, I mean, it is. It's almost a job in and of itself to it is. to own a home. It is, and to keep yeah. up with those things and, and maintenance a full time, yeah, full time thing. I mean, one thing like exterior painting or the caulking we talked about, you don't have to do it every year, but no. you know, every decade or so, you might want to consider it, um, or seasonally for some things. You know, if you mm-hmm. have a fireplace, good idea to have that chimney inspected and and cleaned because um, it builds up all sorts of creosote and stuff. Yep. Um, having that cleaned before you use it for the season that's a good one to do annually um but yeah the gutter maintenance the annual thing um vegetation growing too close to the house that that can degrade kind of degrade degrade the surface material you know right. branches you think a little branch blowing in the wind well if that branch is touching your roof or touching oh, yeah. your siding it's just going to degrade that area yeah i've seen that i've seen that a few times mm-hmm. um with some houses that we worked on in the past of, yeah 
Yeah, there's just one single pine tree branch that's kind of hanging on the roof. Yeah, and no big deal. You look closer, and it's just com- it's completely rubbed off, and it's right. totally bare in that spot, right. just about, just mm-hmm. from, you know, a little bit of wind over the course of a, a year or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, a, yeah, it's a big effect. There's a lot There's a lot of homes around here that have, in my opinion, way too much vegetation too close to the house. Yes. I don't know. It must have been the fad yeah. Back in the day or something to yeah. have so much shrubbery and mm-hmm. lilacs and all this kind of stuff. The, the lilacs next to the house. Are, yeah. Ooh, that a, one scares me. A, a pest intrusion area, mm-hmm. too. You know, you have vegetation close to a house, and that's just a, a, a super highway for whatever kind of bugs and stuff you don't you don't want getting in. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, you have the, the physical deterioration of things rubbing against stuff. You've mm-hmm. got the roots that are growing into the... Mm-hmm into the foundation as well yes. and you just look at this stuff you're like wow yes yeah. just... all right s- sewer pipes too whether it's a yeah. septic system yep. or it goes out to a, a a main lateral in the city um trees love the stuff that goes down the pipes and full of nutrients full of nutrients the water and the nutrients and they will they will find their way in find roots inside oh, yeah. sewer laterals all the time yeah that is a big that is a big deal i i, I always recommend that mm-hmm. is getting getting a sewer scope done yep especially in areas that are yeah a little more grown mm-hmm. and especially it, older houses too yes because the the material they used back then was usually cast iron mm-hmm. and that has a lifespan you know and yep. you start getting into an 80 85 year old house when you poke your camera down there you're going to see real quick the mineral deposits we call it scaling um it's it's just minerals that build up and it creates a rough surface on the inside and that that pipe is degrading and rusting and reforming and um, those rough spots don't allow the stuff to, to flow as it should. Yep. Um, broken pipes. I mean, I've found chunks of cast iron that are just missing altogether. They're, they're laying on the bottom of the pipe, something above caused it to break. And there's a chunk of cast iron this big, just kind of just go over it with the camera head. But, um, you know, modern, modern install is generally PVC. Yep. Right. But even, even on new construction houses, I have found, um, Stuff that it's hard to say the exact cause because mm-hmm. it's buried underground and you're using a camera through through the pipe from a clean out. But when you see a low spot, we call it a belly, right? And it's a low spot in the pipe, and that's either a faulty installation, maybe um, some settling occurred there. Um, hard to narrow down exactly what happened, but that low pipe, low spot in the pipe will actually collect debris, yep. right? And that can lead to a clog. Um, Inspector, I know uh, in Texas, did a new construction house recently. And they're like, yeah, let's go ahead and get the sewer scope done anyway, even though it's brand new. And a different contractor had run a uh, foundation stake. Like they were, they were doing a, um, a, a pad for a set of stairs, and that just happened to be right where the sewer lateral came under. And they oh, drove no. a foundation stake or a, a form stake right through the, right through the pipe. Right, so um, yeah, you can stuff like that happens. Yeah, you can never be too sure. Yep, and it's it's cheap peace of mind to do that sewer scope. Yeah, right. Um, how how much do you charge for with the inspection? Uh, one twenty five. Okay. Right, and if I have to pull a toilet, it's a little bit more because more work involved, and yep. I replace the wax ring, replace the bolts if I need to. Um, and that is a fraction of the cost that it would be to repair. Yes. That sewer line. Yes. And if, if that sewer line, as they do, if that break happens to be under your foundation wall, 
uh, you know, you, you can see where that's going. Yeah, that's uh, definitely something you'd want to find out prior to purchasing yep. the home for sure. Otherwise, yep. that cost falls on you. Yep. And you, yeah, once you get past that contingency point, mm-hmm. you own it, basically. Yep. Yep. You I, know? I can show you some pretty nasty videos and pictures of stuff I've found in, uh, in, in sewer laterals. Oh, there. I bet you've seen some wild things. Yes, yes <laughs> I have. What, what is like some of the craziest stuff you've seen on a home inspection? Um, well, in that train of thought specifically, um, these roots were just a, a mass of roots and worms, like night crawlers that you'd go fishing with. Three or four of them just squirming around in the, in the root mass. It was, I mean, I thought it was kind of cool, but hmm. um, kind of gross, I guess. But, um, hey, life finds a way, you know. Yeah, other other things that are fairly common. We kind of talked about it earlier, but you know, handyman Hank is is what I. Sorry if there's a handyman out there named Hank that is very good at what they do. <laughs> but handyman Hank often strikes. You know, it seemed like a good idea, and I use the cheapest one. Right, you know? and you're just scratching your head. What, what were they thinking? <laughs> you know, um, you know, out here in older houses, we see vermiculite. Uh, insulation quite a bit, right. which it, it's not guaranteed to contain asbestos, but it's highly likely. Yeah, you know that's super common, and as long as it's not disturbed, you know you don't. But as soon as you start poking holes in the ceiling and you get that shower of vermiculite, yep. it's like cat litter if you're not familiar with it. But um, yeah, I see that quite a bit, and try to impress upon people that hey, it's pretty common to just blow in insulation over the top. Um, but don't mess with it. Yeah. Don't, don't friable is the term when it becomes airborne and brittle, um, Mm. and the fibers friable. Yeah. Friable. It's when some asbestos was used for a lot of stuff for many years because it's, um, very durable. It's very heat resistant and it has a good insulation factor. So, um, pipe wrap insulation for ducting, um, Floor tiles, ceiling tiles, popcorn ceilings, yep. um, even even siding and roof materials. Um, don't see those as much, but they're definitely definitely out there. It's when it becomes brittle and it gets disturbed and becomes airborne is when it's a concern. So well, I learned a new word today. Look at that. Yeah, friable. 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 All right. Right. But in terms of other crazy things, um, I think of anything... Uh, I, I found one the other day that was kind of interesting. I did an inspection in Stevensville, um, and it was during the very cold period of time we had. It was negative 26. And um, went up on the roof, and the furnace flew, blowing the hot air out as it should, but mm-hmm. it was so cold that it was condensing and freezing and creating an ice sculpture on the roof. So it was dripping down off the furnace flue. And then freezing, and the water was actually freezing up under the shingles Ooh. and up under the the flashing around that pipe. And the ice itself was actually pulling those things up. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. So that was an interesting one. Always um, something. Yeah, you find weird things in crawl spaces periodically. That's true. Um, whether it's, you know, the, the lost cat that nobody knew was down there. I've found that more than once, <laughs> oh, no. unfortunately. Yeah, um, I found a what I think was a raccoon one time. Um, hard to say at that point. It was just, you know, kind of a... a Mummified almost? It, yeah. Um, I found a snake in a crawl space once. It was dead, but recently. Hmm. Um, but you, you find beer cans and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's the one I've seen the most, is yeah. like old beer cans, like yeah. old, 
we found a, a stash of Olympia beer bottles from the 80s and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's interesting, a little yeah. bit of history. And mm-hmm. I don't know, some, some places around here people tend... I don't know what they were thinking, but they're just like, oh, we'll just use our crawl space as an extra mm-hmm. trash bin. Yep. I've seen packing packing uh, peanuts, you know, the foam peanuts. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those used as insulation hmm. before? Not not in an entire attic, but they're like, well, we got a couple bags <laughs> we'll of it. Just throw it up there. Yeah. All right, why so not? It works, so. Yep. Don't know how viable that would be as a insulator, but, right. you know. M- most of the quote-unquote funny stuff, at least in my opinion, is not stuff I'm inspecting. Uh, and by that, I mean it's cosmetic. Right. Someone just has a very eclectic sense of uh, um, decor or something like that. Okay. But, yeah. you know, uh, who am I to judge? But Hey, uh, everybody's got a taste. They got a taste. But you, you see that kind of stuff sure. a lot. Because stuff you see on, on, you know, listing photos, everything's blue or beige or mm-hmm. gray or, you know, your standard whatever the, the trending palette is. But someone that's done their own work in their own unique way bedroom with three different colored walls yes. and that sort of thing you yep. see that you see that often yeah but it's only paint you can mm-hmm. get over that pretty easily yes yep much easier fix than uh an overseen broken sewer line right right yeah right. that's a big one that's a big one yep um i've i've found unfortunately um i do meth sampling as well okay um and that's you know that's a thing everywhere yeah so you know, testing, testing for methamphetamine that comes back positive occasionally. And yeah, that's an expensive be, cleanup as yeah, well. Very, very much so. Yep. Definitely one that you don't want to overlook it either. If yeah. You have a suspicion. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's really hard to, you can't just say, oh, this is, this is a quote unquote fixer upper house that, mm-hmm. you know, this is a meth house versus that luxury house over there. There's no meth in there. You know, you never know. Um, when I went through my training program with the state, they were giving examples of um, two million dollar houses in a very affluent area, and popping positive for meth. You just, you just don't know. Is there, is there anything that kind of gives that away, or is it just like? Well, it, how how would you recommend getting, or like what what sort of scenarios kind of send red flags in your mind? Well. There's definitely, there can be residue. There can be, um, looking at it, you can't tell what it is. But mm-hmm. if you see weird stains on the wall, weird odor in the house, you know, the, the telltale ones like that. I mean, one example, there's a, there's a deadbolt lock on a bedroom. Like what that, What's that there for? Oh. You know, so, something like that. Okay. Stuff that's just a little odd, but it's, it's really hard to say, hey, this absolutely means there's illicit drug activity going on in here. Can't tell, you know, so, um, but those are, those are some, okay. some giveaways, you know, weird cameras mounted in places. Again, people, mm. people monitor their houses as they see fit, but True. that is part of the training that I, I received stuff, okay. stuff to look for, but you, you just don't know. And it's like you said, it can be very expensive to clean up Yeah, and that's reserved for, uh, you know, a certified cleanup contractor. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't do a DIY on that one if it if it were me. No, definitely not. That's a, yeah, one of those things you definitely want to hire. Yeah, and hire there, out there's, for. A, there's a few of them that are certified. Um, it's through the state DEQ program. Oh, okay. Uh, but they have a list of certified contractors. Um, there's a few here in the Bitterroot and Missoula area. Um, but yeah, that is that is something I find periodically. All right. Yep. Good to know. Yep. Good to know. So what else? Um, 
What else can you tell me about your business? Um, well, let me think. We talked about a lot of it. I am a Navy veteran. That's true. And I like helping other veterans, mm -hmm. um, law enforcement, first responders. I do offer discounts to those kind of organizations and people. Um, same with first-time homebuyers. I remember uh, being one myself, and it was like, whoa, what is going on? What, the inspection, is that the appraisal? You know, things that at the time I didn't know about, you know, and the home inspection is just one part of a, a massive uh, undertaking when you're purchasing a house, Yeah. right? So um, I do really like helping first-time homebuyers um, because I, I remember, remember how it was, you know, what it was like. Sure. So, um, you know, I'd say those are the, the two biggest things about my company. You know the the veteran discounts, the first time homebuyer discounts, because I just I like to help them out. That offers an opportunity for education too. Yes. Yeah, with especially the first time homebuyers. Right. Right. That's and that's what I enjoy about first timers as well is yeah. that you get you get to go through that process of explaining yes. how everything works, and it you know it's it's kind of that classic um, uh, philosophy of you know to to really master something is when mm -hmm. you can teach it, and so when you have the opportunity to get into the really detailed stuff of, well, this is, this is the process and mm -hmm. here's kind of what we're going through. Here's some things. It, it helps you hone in on your own, yes. your own skills as right. well. And I, I don't believe there's such thing as stupid questions, right? You, there, there's, especially when you're possibly making the largest financial decision of your life. Oh yeah. yeah. Ask me questions. It's, it's my job. I, I think it's my job to make sure you are comfortable with the answers that you receive and that you understand them. So, yeah, so. yeah, that's a big factor, is you understand yes. the process, understand what's going on. Right. Then, I mean, that's really what our, my job is, and, and your job is as well, mm -hmm. is to present information in a digestible fashion, mm -hmm. and then be able to explain and help uh, if there are any questions that come up. And you know, my, my job as a real estate agent is not to tell my clients anything right. it's to help them find that information and so right. because it's not i can't tell them you know i can i can suggest that we need to get home inspection but i can't tell them you know it, even if i see visually myself if we can all see it mm -hmm. that oh that looks like there's something wrong there it looks like there's something wrong there right. for me it means nothing and then so you, you know you'd have to just point them in the right direction and right. and really help guide them to make the best decision basically mm -hmm. is what it is. And that's, that's something I really enjoy about the business is yeah. like, you just get to, you're there to, you're a, a support role more mm -hmm. than anything else. It's like, yes, we're giving you, providing you information. We're providing you with, uh, uh, directory to people that can help you right. make this decision. Right. And then it's your decision. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal too, is to make it, you know, give this person agency that they are making the correct decision for yes. themselves. Yeah. And the more information, the better, I, I think, mm -hmm. from my perspective. Oh, absolutely. Right. Um, and I have I have a unique perspective that maybe it's not unique. There's a lot of contractors or people involved in the trades that are also home inspectors. I have a background in residential construction. Mm -hmm. Right. I worked for a custom home builder in high school, um, learned a thing or two there, joined the Navy, saw the world for a little while. And then I got back into residential construction as a project manager for these large-scale redevelopments. And um, so I do have a, a baseline knowledge of how the house goes together and how it works. 
Um, and being able to explain that's really important to me. I don't, I don't want to do something if I can't explain it to you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What are you, what are you hiring me for if I can't explain it to you? And, and I have, I call it an open door policy. Um, please don't come to my house and knock (laughs) on my door, but give me a call. Right. That's, I, we, we do the inspection, right? It takes, let's say four hours, five hours, whatever. We do a walkthrough, maybe it's six hours. Um, you get your report same night or maybe the next morning, you know, no later than 24 hours though. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, or it could be overwhelming because you're going, everything got looked at in the house. Everything got tested right, in, in entirety, you know, and there's a lot of information there and it's going to take some time to digest. And part of what I, what I offer is that open cell phone policy. You got a question for me, please, please call me. People do it all the time. Hey, I, this was in the report. Can you, Explain that a little, you know, like what what does that mean, or how serious is this, or or whatever the case may be. Because during the final walkthrough, we kind of go over the, the high level. We spend half an hour. We, we also need to be respectful of the seller's time. Yeah. Because if the house is occupied, they have vacated the house for us to do this, right? So try to keep it concise, but it's hard to get through an entire inspection report in its entirety in half an hour. Yeah. Right. So being available to answer those questions after the fact is pretty important, I think. And I have clients call me all the time. Um, hey, clarification on this, or what do you think about that? Or I saw this, but I, I just need a little more info. Right. Right. What, what I'm not going to do is tell you, and, and I get asked this quite a bit, like, well, would you buy this house? That that's not for that's not for me to decide. I have a yeah. a different comfort level. Right. Um, it's not the house that I'm going to live in or raise my family in. You know that that it's completely different. So I'll, I will tell you the facts about the house, yep. my professional opinion on them, and the course of action that I would recommend. Right. I'm not an electrician. I'm not a plumber. I'm not an HVAC tech. So you're going to see these recommendations as part of the inspection. Hey here's the issue, here's its potential ramifications, here's who you need to talk to to address that, Yep. right? And if it's a simple DIY thing, I'm not going to say, hey, you, you need to have a you know, licensed electrician replace the outlet cover plate because it's cracked, you know? But if, if you have a serious, serious issue with your electrical system, um, I use a thermal camera as part of each of my inspections, and that's a good way to see electro- electrical components that are um, overheating. Okay. Yeah. And if that's the case, well, that that's problematic, right? And that needs to be addressed by a pro uh, in in my opinion. Um, don't see it a lot, but occasionally. Um, but anyway, so the kind of the report format that that's what you can expect is here's the issue. Here's what that issue means. And here's who to talk to about that issue. Yeah. That thermal camera thing is, is pretty interesting. There's a lot you can, Mm -hmm. A lot you can discern discern yes. from that. Yeah, it's um, I have a problem and it's um, self diagnosed and it's called gas um, gear acquisition syndrome. Um, anytime there's a new tool, <laughs> new piece of equipment, yep, like, I, yep. I, I got to get that. So, um, but got it's it. you know thermography. There's a lot of science behind it. Right. You know, there, it's not just okay. These colors, okay, that's blue, therefore it's wet. That, that's not what it means. That's red, therefore it's hot. Um, there's a lot of science behind it in terms of reflectivity of surface materials, emissivity, mm-hmm. transmissivity, absorption. There's a lot of stuff that you have to take into account when you're using a thermal camera. So 
Um, I am a level one ITC certified thermographer. Um, so I, I have the equipment and the knowledge to use it. I'm not saying if I gave somebody a thermal camera and they pointed, oh yeah, there's missing insulation. A lot of it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. But a lot of it, you do have to take the the big picture right. into consideration. Right. So level, or how many levels are there? Three. What, there are three levels? Three levels, yep. What's level two? Is that specifically related to cats? Uh, that one is related to cats. So I'm not there yet. Um, I see where you're going with that. <laughs> so I have this thing on my Instagram page. We've, we've got some cats at home, and one of them, um, I've been accused of fat shaming more than once now on Instagram because... Oh, hey, what? She's a fat cat. She is. There's nothing wrong with that. And she curls up next to the wood stove and rolls around, and she's, she's fat. It is what it is. And love her to death, but um, she, she makes some interest. So I, I post a lot on Instagram. Most of it's home inspection related, findings from the field or, you know, I saw a cool old doorbell today when I was doing that meth test. I'm like, wow, this is cool because it's an old house mm-hmm. and it, it's not, you don't push a button and it dings somewhere else. It's just a, a, a bell that, that rings on the other side. Cool. Interesting things like that. Yeah. You know, whatever. I think it's interesting. But I've been posting these thermal videos of this fat cat next to the fireplace and, you know, I might get... 100 views or maybe a thousand on a home inspection related thing i have one video of her in a box sitting in a box with a thermal camera making a joke video and it's nearly a million views what yeah last i checked it was like eight hundred and ninety thousand or something that's awesome so people love their cats people love their cats so i'm a dog guy my wife is a cat lady and we we met in the middle and now we have four animals in the house and three of them are cats. Three of them are cats. Oh, I guess. Well, look at that. Yep. That's how it always works out, too. Yeah. You know? Yep. You get the dog person, the cat person, you always end up with more cats. Yeah, that's how it works. Well, so. they just kind of come when they want to, you know. It's... They do, and they're they're low maintenance. They're they're easy. They're easy, and they look good on a thermal camera. And we have the, the automatic litter. That was one thing. It's like, if we have cats, I'm not dealing with cat litter. Like, uh, Oh, you got like a little robot? The little, robot Little ro- litter robot? Litter robot, yeah. Worth, really? its, worth its weight in gold. Awesome. And they are not paying me to say that. I mean, it's it's cool. All right, right on. Yeah, so if you have cats and you're looking for easy litter maintenance, it weighs them too, which is wild. You can see, track their weight. Really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. And there's an app for everything now. So of course. So you're just like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's the cat that was there. All right. Yeah. We'll keep but track on the cats. It's pretty handy if you need to leave town for a couple of days, take a trip. That thing just it, it just works. Automatic cleaning and the yeah. yeah. It's got a hey. it's got a sensor in it and yeah, it's pretty cool. Brilliant. Yeah. Love it. So if you go to my Instagram page, you'll see some cats. You'll also see a majority home inspection stuff. I post probably four times a week and once a week is a is a cat thing now because they, they get so much traction. Hey. And I gotta have my social my social clout, you know? That's right. Right. It's also yeah. That's what I love. You got to incorporate a little bit of your own personality in right. there, make people see the person that you are. Because, right. like, to our earlier point, we're all humans. That's right. I'm a home inspector, but I, I have cats. You know, I enjoy grilling. And you and like I, fat shaming animals? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. People are just, <laughs> I don't, you know, complete strangers online. I don't know if they're serious, but you're fat. Your cat's not fat. You're the fat one. Like, well, okay. Uh, thanks. <laughs> I guess. That's real nice of you guys. Yeah. Makes me feel good. No, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of that going on these days, but yeah. what are you going to do? Yep. Hey, post more cat videos. That's I, all I I'm going to continue posting. Please do. Keep it up. I and love the dog, it. too. He's he's getting his his uh, kind of intro into the gram as well. Okay. So All right. I'll yeah. keep an eye out for that one, yeah. too. Yeah. Right on. 
Well, can, John, thank you for yeah. uh, being here today. Thanks for having me. I really me. appreciate it. It was, it was great to get into the nitty gritty of inspections and mm-hmm. all that cool stuff. Yeah. And um, tell people how they can follow you, get in contact with you. Yeah. Um, so Instagram, Cameron Home Inspections, um, underscore Cameron underscore home underscore inspections. Okay. Uh, info at CameronHomeInspections.com. Make sure it's plural inspections. Otherwise, it goes to a dude in Tennessee. I found that out. Quick story. I got a review from somebody. And my only one-star review ever. I was, I was doing really well with reviews until this one. And this lady is just letting me have it. He's, he's lying on his website. And he's talking about his daughter. And that's on, he doesn't even have a daughter. I'm like, oh no, my daughter. I don't even have kids. What are you talking about? And so I'm, I do some digging into this, you know. I'm a bit of a sleuth online, and I figure out that this lady is the disgruntled, I think, cousin by marriage or something, now ex-cousin by marriage, if there is such a thing, to a home inspector in Tennessee with the same name. And she left a very scathing review for me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and I, I responded to it. It's like I, I wanted to say other but, you know, you got to respond to negative reviews because if I get a bad review... Like I need to improve what I'm the the, the service I'm providing, but yeah. this this one was completely unfounded. So I still responded to it. Say, hey, I, I think I, I think you got the wrong guy, and she didn't take it down. I said, hey, would you mind removing this? No response. And I reached out to Google and say, hey, this is this is for a different company. No response. And six months later, after requesting it about once a month, they they finally took it down. Oh, good. Um, but I talked to the the like named company in Tennessee. And he, he kind of gave me the story of the family drama. Mm. He's like, I'm sorry. I'll talk to her. This is, this is a mess. But, um, anyway, that was quite the tangent for how you can find me. Cameron home inspections, plural, plural. Um, yeah. 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 Unless you're um, in Tennessee. Yeah, I guess. Yep. And then, uh, four zero six three zero six thirteen thirty one is my uh, phone number. Perfect. So call text schedule online. If you want, um, basically I, I try to be a one-stop shop, right? So, yep. uh, if I offer the service, it means I'm qualified to do it. And I, I, I don't offer things that I am not, uh, knowledgeable in or qualified to do. Right. So right. I try to try to be the one touch point for you as an agent or for the client who needs a diverse set of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because home inspection is one thing, but it's limited. It's a limited visual inspection. Um, thermography doesn't fit that description. Sewer scope inspection doesn't fit that description because it's, it's not a vis- visible, readily visible component of the house. You have to use right. a specialized camera. Um, same with radon. You know, I, all, all the normal stuff you, you would imagine, um, I do offer those. So Okay. Yeah. Right on. I try to be that one, one-stop shop. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming yeah. in. I thank really you appreciate your time. Me. Appreciate it. And yeah, thank you out there for tuning in to another episode of the Hustle Host Podcast. Uh, we'll be back with another episode. Bye, everybody. <laughs>